Let me ask you a question. It's kind of a, a religious, biblical type of a question here, and I'm not necessarily looking for any response or an answer, but I just want you to think about this. Do you believe, do you believe that God is still the God of miracles today? Okay, we, we had a response here. Do you believe, just think about that. I mean, not just, even just not just a kind of a head knowledge, you know, we know what the Bible says, but do you believe that God is still the God of miracles today? I mean, you read your Bibles, and it seems that every few chapters, there's a miracle that is taking place. Now, we know, you know, that happens over, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, you know, these writings and these miracles, but, you know, we just see God's hand moving so much. Do you, do you believe God's hand is still moving today? Well, we are in our study on the life of Christ. We are going to be getting into the heart of Christ's ministry. We've kind of had the introduction, uh, you know, his, his first sermon with the Beatitudes. He has his temptation, his baptism. We looked at all of those things. And now we're going to spend a, a little bit of time on the kind of the three years of his ministry. And one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to look at the numerous miracles that Jesus performed and that Jesus did. And we're going to look at quite a few of them individually. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to step back a little bit and just look at miracles in general. Okay? Let's look at miracles in general. What is the purpose of miracles? Now, in John chapter 20, we'll put these verses up here. In John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, it says, Therefore, Many other signs, and again, these are real familiar verses to us. Many other signs Jesus performed in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. You see, I think we have misunderstood the purpose of Christ's miracles. Somehow we have come to think that, you know, that all the miracles that we read about, especially in the Gospels that Jesus performed, that somehow they are a blueprint for how Christ deals with Christians today. You know, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Be a Christian, and he'll take care of all your physical problems. Become a Christian, he'll take care of your financial woes that you have, or the emotional scars that you have, or whatever it might be. And somehow we have looked at the workings of Christ in the Gospels and see, well, this is how he interacts with his children today. We have got caught up in, in the means without asking the question of the why. Why did Christ perform these miracles? We find as a result of that, so many try to live their faith through miracles. And you've heard this. You know, I'm, I'm believing God is going to do this. He's going to heal, or he's going to financially bless. I'm just believing it. And then when healing doesn't happen, you know, we beat ourselves up because of our lack of faith, or we didn't pray enough, we didn't pray hard enough, or we say, well, God mustn't love or really care about me. And then we even get darker places. We say, God failed. Doesn't he care? Is, is he even there anymore well before we kind of delve into the purpose of miracles 
I need to say very clearly up front, God does miracles. God is not bound by the law of nature. There's absolutely nothing that is impossible for God. And he wants us to come to him with all that's going on in our life, with all of our you know, physical things or things that are going on in our family, our relationship, whatever it might be. God wants us to communicate and speak with him. He, he talks about casting all our cares upon him because he cares for us. But we do need to understand miracles are just that. They are miracles. They're not ordinaries. They're not everydays. Miracles are miracles. And, and, and we live in a day and age in a culture that we use terms like the miracle of, of modern technology. I mean, I remember, I, I mean, I you know, came through that whole transition of the miracles of modern technology. And, and, and as a result of that, even though I lived when we didn't have the miracles of modern technology, I mean, I live in it, and we, we take so many of these technologies for granted. I mean, how many of you um, remember using a, or, or having a, a party line phone system? Any guys ever had that? Yeah, where you had one phone line for maybe five neighbors, and whoever picked the phone up, you could talk, if, and, and you, if you picked your phone up in the neighbor, you could listen to that person talking, and you had to wait your turn, and I was watching a TV program last night, an old TV program, and uh, they came to, they were making a phone call, and he's dialing it. He's taking forever. It's like, just punch the number and, you know, redial or something like that. I mean, it just becomes so common for us. You pick up your telephone, and in a second, you are talking to somebody halfway around the world. In your phones, you have cameras and GPSs and and, you know, mini computers. And all of these technological miracles have only caused us to want more and wait for the next miracle to come. And it's the same spiritually for us. You know, if miracles were ordinary, we would just be living for the next miracle, living for the next big thing that God was going to come down the line. He said in verse 30 there, he said, therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. So, so Jesus did many other things. He did many other workings than just what we have here. Um, we know that Jesus, what's recorded in the Gospels, he performed about three dozen miracles, about 36 miracles that are recorded in the Gospels. But John's makes it obvious that what we're reading, they're just a tip of the iceberg of what Jesus did in that some three and a half year period. But he says these are written, these 36 or so miracles, these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. You know, and it just occurred to me, that verse, these verses here, it's not necessarily talking to the people who saw the miracles, experienced them. I mean, they had, they had the real life event. He's writing to people who weren't there, who didn't see the miracles. And he's saying, I want you to know about these miracles. These are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. That's why we recorded, you know, to keep record of what Jesus Christ did, that he is the Son of God. And that by believing that we would come to find life 
in his name. You know, Jesus, excuse me, it says in verse, John chapter 21, verse 25, it says there are many other things which Jesus did, which if were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. Jesus did so much. But these are written very specifically, very specific purpose for miracles. You know, miracles, these miracles that were performed, they were a sign. They were written to, to point people to something, that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that you might have life through your name. Now think about that. Think about miracles as being a sign. And we're familiar with that. A sign is a marker. It helps someone who's looking for something find it. Now, if you were in a strange city and, you know, you'd never been there before, you drive by hundreds of signs and you totally ignore those signs. You know, you, you see the blue H sign, you know, with arrows pointing to it. It doesn't even register to you. You see signs for restaurants. You see signs for advertising. You see signs for gas stations. These signs, they only become important to you when suddenly you're looking for them. Suddenly something has happened and you need to find a hospital. And suddenly those blue H's with arrows pointing you suddenly become very important to you. Why? Because you're looking for something. Or, you know, the, the gas tank is running on empty. And you're looking for where the next gas station is. And suddenly you've passed 100 gas station signs before that. But because you're looking... They are a sign to point you, to help you find your way. Well, God's miracles were signs to those who were seeking God, those who were seeking the truth, those who wanted to find their creator. I mean, it's like God is saying, folks, you might want to look over here. You've, you've heard about the Messiah. You've heard about what he's done, the healing. Well, look, he just, he just fed 5,000. He just walked on water. He just calmed a storm. So for those who were pursuing after God, you know, they felt there was something bigger than themselves. These signs helped to point them to the answer, who was Jesus Christ. The signs simply let people know that God wanted to talk to them. God was trying to get their attention. But there are so many different reactions that people can have to a sign. And, and certainly they did to Christ's signs. You know, he would doing, he'd do some healing or some miracle. You know, again, feeding the 5,000, walking on water. Well, some would see these signs and they'd become defiant, somewhat threatening. Explain them away. We know we looked a couple weeks ago at the Pharisees that did this. And, and maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you're, you know, in a group of friends or something and you share an answer to prayer request a prayer request that you had, something that you believe God did in your life. And, and, and you ever have a person just kind of blow it off? Oh, that was just good luck or, you know, try to explain it away. Well, a lot of times that's what people do with the signs that God has given them. We, we try to just explain them away, try to ignore them. Then on the other hand, other people become sign-addicted. You know, they want to see one sign after another after another. I mean, think about that. We, we mentioned the feeding of the 5,000. We know with women and children, there are probably more like 25,000 people here. 
But immediately following this miracle, I mean, you know, we say it so fast, the feeding of the 5,000, but think about this. I mean, Christ, this massive multitude, you know, tens of thousands that are out there in front of them, and he has them sit down in groups, and then he has his disciples with just a, a couple loaves of bread and a few small fish. They just begin to, to, to feed the people and take the bread out of the baskets, and it just keeps coming and coming and multiplying and multiplying until everyone, everyone was totally filled. Over 25,000. Well, immediately following that, so you've got this great miracle. Immediately following this, that miracle, here's the dialogue that occurred. It says, Therefore they said to him, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. In other words, they weren't wanting more miracles. They wanted to do more miracles. We wanted to do God's work. God is saying, God just wants to get your attention. There's a sign here to point you to something. You know, that you would believe in him whom he has sent. There's a reason. There's a purpose. They were focused on the sign. Christ was focused on why he did that miracle. <clears throat> then he goes on there. <laughs> In verse 30, he says, So they said to him, What then do you do for a sign that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Folks, they just, he just fed 25,000 people. And their response to that is, hey, how can we get on that and learn to do these miracles? And then Christ you know, says it's all about you, know, you realizing who I am, and they say, well, what miracle are you going to do to perform? I mean, it's just like he just did 25,000 feedings. I mean, what, what other thing could they want? Well, here's what they wanted. John 6, 31, the next verse. This is the, the people's response to that. He said, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. In other words, well, you just fed us one meal. We want you to feed us again and again and again. Just like Moses, every morning when Israel was out there in the wilderness, God provided for them every morning miraculously. I mean, they were sign-addicted, many that were following after Jesus Christ. They wanted more. They wanted to see it again. There's a third response. Some people, or excuse me, Scripture tells us that Christ's signs, miracles, cause many people to marvel and to awe. I mean, to stand back and, wow, what a great man he was. And I bring that one up, you say, well, isn't that one of the purposes of it? No. That wasn't their purpose. It wasn't like going to, this past 4th of July, going to a fireworks display and watching it. Ooh, ah, ah that's so great. And then we just go home. We go back to work the next day, and we, we get on with our lives, and, and let's be real honest with you. The fireworks display, though it was great at the moment in the time, it really has no bearing on, on what's going on in our life. And that's what was happening. People were coming out. People were pouring out, you know, because, you know, they just, they, they loved to see the miracles. And, you know, they loved to be awed in, by God. The fourth response is probably the one that we're really kind of looking for, and this is what we're going to kind of expand upon. Some people on the sign, when they saw Jesus do a miracle, a sign, it says some listened, and they responded, and they obeyed. And that's what we want to talk about for a little bit here. Let me bring this to a very simple but important application. 
You see, Christ's signs, Christ's miracles, they were a wake-up call. Kind of like when your alarm clock goes off. God was trying to get their attention because he had a message. He had something to tell them. You know, this is my son. Put your faith, put your trust in him. God was trying to get that message through. We hear that question all the time, and, and I started at the service with it. You know, does God still do miracles? Well, folks, that is the wrong question. The question we should be asking, is God still trying to get our attention? Is God still trying to open up our eyes to him and who he is and to his son, Jesus Christ? And when God is doing that in our life, what do we do with those things? Whether it is a large miracle or something small or a still small voice or some circumstances that brings us to, you know, that God is pointing to himself. The question is, what are we doing with those things? I mean, right now, you are going through life. You have your goals, you have your dreams, you have your desires. And all of those things are great. But do you ever think about it that God has a plan for you as well? It may include many of the things that you already have as goals and desires. He may want to replace some of those goals and desires that you have with something that is better, something that is deeper, something that is more long-lasting, more eternal, but always better. The question is, are we listening to God today? I mean, how many signs from God have you simply sped by and, and you just ignored? You know, it, it, it says in Romans, you know, heavens declare the glory of God, the, the firmaments, you know, declare his hand of working. I mean, how many times have we enjoyed nature or been outside and see the stars and the skies and the heaven, all those, and we just, you know, hey, well, I enjoy the, the show, but... It doesn't do anything to our life. How many signs do we simply just speed by or, or we simply ignore? I mean, think about it today. Is God still trying to get our attention? Is God still trying to get your attention because he has something he wants to say to you? When it becomes evident in your life that God is trying to get your attention, then what do you do? What do you do? Are you defiant? Do you become defensive? Do you reason it away and make all sorts of excuses? Sounds familiar to how people reacted to Jesus. You know, do you ignore God's signs? I mean, do you ignore his, his calling for your, in your life? You know, yeah, yeah, I've seen that, done that, you know, on and on. But God's trying to get you to hear him. To know that he has something important to say to you. Some Christians get all enamored by the signs. God did this, God did that. But they never stop to ask, why did God do that? You know, why, why did God heal you? You know, not, it's not just what God did. I mean, but why? He had a purpose. It's a sign. He's trying to get your attention. I think God wants us to be a little bit more like the disciple Nathaniel. Remember when Nathaniel was told 
about Christ. His, his brother came to him, Philip, and, and was telling him that, you know, we've, we've found the Messiah. You know, he, he, it says that Nathanael was sitting under a fig tree. So when, when Philip and Nathanael go to meet Christ, and Christ identifies Nathanael, knows his name already. Remember what Nathanael says in John chapter 1, verse 48? Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So, so not only does he know Nathanael's name, but Nathanael, oh, he knew I was sitting under a fig tree. You know, that simple miracle, that little miracle, that knowing where Philip was sitting, it says in verse 40, 49, it said, Nathanael answered him, Rabbi. You are the son of God. You are the, the king of Israel. I love that response because in the next verse, Christ replies to him, and I believe Christ is smiling when he says this in verse 50. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. In other words, God is going to be moving. God is going to be working in such powerful ways to get your attention. But Nathaniel, Nathaniel, I mean, just the simplest got his attention. And if God is trying to get our attention today, if God is trying to get your attention to speak to you, to give you some direction, some encouragement, some correction, whatever it might be, if he's trying to get your attention, shouldn't it be that the simplest sign? We should be looking for it. Looking for what God is trying to say to us today. And those who are looking for a sign to find God, there are signs all around them. We need to be sensitive to God's leading, God's working in his life. And not just what God did. I mean, that, I'm not minimizing that. That's important. But why did he do that? Why, why is he getting my attention right now? God never stops trying to get our attention to lead and to... To guide us. And I believe even right now, you know that God has been trying to get your attention. Maybe you've been ignoring it. Maybe you've kind of just trying to explain it away. Folks, it's time for us to stop and to listen. You know, maybe it's a ministry that God wants you to be involved in, a way to, to build his kingdom, to be part of his kingdom. Maybe it's an outreach that he is calling you to, something even outside of the church to do for his kingdom, you know, for, for, for you know, eternal rewards. Maybe there's a new direction he wants you to totally take an about face. Maybe he just wants to get reacquainted with you, and he's trying to get your attention or deal with something in your life. Will you listen to him? Will you seek him during this time? And then there, then there may be some here who do not yet know Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. Christ has been giving you signs in your life that it's time. It's time. You've heard. You've seen the truth. It's time. It's time to surrender your life. It's time to be free from your sin. It's time to accept Christ's death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, 
for your sins, for the payment for your sins, it's time for you to take that simple but difficult step and to give your heart to Jesus Christ as our Lord and as your Savior. You see, God is trying to speak to all of us no matter where we are at. The question is, are you listening? Are you just driving by the signs that God has given you in your life? Let's pray. Father God, I just so thank you that you want to have a personal relationship with us. That you would even bother to want to get my attention. That you love me so much, Father, that you will move in my life and everybody's life. That when they are seeking, when they are looking for you, Father, these things going on in my life will point me to you. Thank you, God. I just pray for each and every one of us who you're trying to get our attention today, whether it's Christians for what you want next for us, or Father, whether it's somebody who's hearing these words who have not yet made that decision for you. Lord, help us to listen. Help us to respond to your calling, whatever it might be. Well, thank you in thy son's name we pray.